Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. I just be in my own world, you know, just focused on self, really trying to find ways to grow and be better every day, spiritually, physically, and every day I wake up. Be like three goals, like get and be better than those three sectors, and life will be good and peaceful. Tremaine, man, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, Doc. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Tremaine is number one. I'm going to call him a college graduate, right? Yeah, for sure. College graduate from Alcorn State. And I got Alcorn State. I've been corrected on that. You know, at first I said Alcorn State, and I was corrected <laughs> right away. So Alcorn <laughs> State. So college graduate. It. Yes, sir. So uh, college graduate this year. And he is a four-year uh, letterman in basketball from Alcorn, uh, two-time all-swag selection, and uh, just a great, great guy. So we're going to talk about his story talk about his life today, man. So glad to have you here. I appreciate you having me once again, my guy. All right. So Tremaine, man, tell me about, you're from Laurel, Mississippi. Tell me how it was growing up in Laurel as a young child for you. For me, I say growing up in Laurel, I actually grew up on my, with my grandparents at a real young age in Queenburg, Mississippi. So growing up in the neighborhood, it was pretty like, well, I, well first I started out like, we're going, coming up with my grandparents from like, I was like five to 10. And then we went, I ended up moving to Ohio with my mom for a little bit and then we moved back home. That's when I started staying in Queenburg down there in War 7. And I think it was just a rough neighborhood it's really like a poverty, real poverty sit neighborhood growing up there. You see different things, a lot of things that a lot of people that's easily influenced upon. So, like, I say for my childhood growing up, it, I grew up not silver spoon, you know, more of a blue collar way out the trenches, really. And I honestly, you know, truth be told. So, like, growing up in there just made me tough and learn how to say no to keep my mind maybe mentally strong out there being faced with. Let me see how I got deal with obstacles that could like not put me in a position today that I seen that a lot of people follow that end up in bad position in the long term. So during my situation, I was in a peculiar situation actually going to like my mom being sick and whatnot, having to raise an ill mother as a child was really tough. So like faced a lot of trial and error early and just rough passes that kind of like an average kid probably will fold on, but I still got the grit and grind and determination just to keep going. So I, as a childhood, I'd say it was pretty tough. All right. So if you don't mind, tell me about what you said, raising a six mother. Um, will you please give me a little bit more information on that? Yeah. Uh, my mother, she actually passed lupus, having lupus. And like with lupus, it was more so like, a lot of inflammation growing on inside of her body that she couldn't control. So it was more so like messing with her brain and like she not being able to walk, having seizures or whatnot. She really needed like eyesight assistance, you know, like you really have to like be around to make sure she okay, make sure she's doing all right, make sure she's able to eat her food, you know, and like not having been able her to drive or to be able to raise us because at a young age, so I say about 12 to 13 years old, you know, Growing up in the world, growing up tough, you don't really know. You're, you're unknowledgeable of things, so you don't know how she's sick or what's the right way to treat certain things. You're just learning on the fly, really, you know? So, like, her having been sick, having kidney failure, 
and organs being enlarged, uh, hernias, and being in and out the hospital just real, real tough. So it was like doing that and trying to go to school, you know, trying to find a passion in certain things, trying to find, you know, like a, a normal kid so I could have like really trying to create a dream for me to chase, you know, so it's like, it was really just tough having, knowing that she's ill and I can't really focus on myself. I really know, like, make sure mom's great because she getting things done with, like, I don't know how she getting things done, but she just getting things done. But she ain't getting it done, like, efficiently where she able to teach me how to get things done. So just learning about, learning visually, learning things was just, was it really how I was able to quell things together and move forward, actually. So, like, so like real, that's what I mean. Like raising little mother, she wasn't able to do for herself. I had to do things for me, or me and my little brother had to do things for. Her so we can get things done as a whole, as a family, you know. So. I hear you. So I have a, my oldest child is ten years old now. So I can't even imagine a ten-year-old or a twelve-year-old with the insight to be able to take care of me at this point, you know. So right. like you said, your childhood was different, and you mentioned the, not having a silver spoon, right? Yeah. So how does that feed your hunger, you know, to succeed? Because you're you're a little different. Yeah. I can't take time for granted, for one, because learning learning from my mom past history that she was a track star coming up. She always was a bright person. She always had fun. And she was like the life of the party. She always was smiling, always was happy. And she was young, like she died young, like I say like 38, 39, one of those ages. So like that's like young, that ain't even fifty, you know. And like my mentor, he's fifty nine, he's highly active. So like I learned from it, like I can't take time for granted. You can't depend on tomorrow because it's not promised. I always to like enjoy the moment, have faith, but gotta have like put work behind the faith. And knowing that I can't see tomorrow, so I don't really focus on tomorrow. I just focus like on enjoying today and getting things planned out my days, handling my business day in and day out, you know, and then being a positive impact to others as well because like you say like like you agree with me up on different like i grew up different i'm seeing things different than like my normal age group right now so like that's where really i separate myself a lot and i influence and attempt my best to empower my peers every day and day in and out that's surrounded with me so like that's how like growing up with my mom like growing up the situation with my mother kind of influenced me to where well it kind of push and add determination to me today like that drive that I have today is like when me and her was together, it was fun and always good times, you know, always positive. I'm really more so on a positive note coming up out of poverty because my mind was so calm, you know, like I give it before I'm a mission state, my serenity and poverty. So like having that mentality just got me here today. Like, you know, you're not taking no time off, not wasting my time, you know, men more so quality over quantity, you know what I mean? Like really getting things done day in and out and not taking time for granted. Once again, like can't do that at all because that's not promise at all. Like you never know, like we all gonna die. We just don't know how to do that. You know, like that's one thing that's given. So you just gotta enjoy life and, you know, take it serious, have faith and put in the work behind that faith on whatever you have a passion for. I hear you, man, that's strong words. When did you discover your love for basketball? When I got with my mentor, Randy Pettis, the way we trained and the way we just worked and the way we got up and down, the way he introduced me to the game, the perspective he gave me on the game, I gained passion for it because that was something that 
I found myself doing on my own. You know, like the true you when ain't nobody with you. And I found myself as like, I'm always at the court. So I'm like, I got a pass for this. And then I had opportunity that I seen and I had opportunity to do something really big with it, was able to change my life and change my family life. I started taking it more serious around the ninth grade, some going into my 10th grade year. So, you know, I talked to Coach Price, your high school basketball coach, and his yeah. words was that uh, Tremaine has been a professional since the ninth grade, that you yeah. treated the game of basketball like you're a professional basketball player, you know, at the age of 14, 15. Actually, I say when I got back from Ohio, I, I played up there in my seventh eighth grade year in middle school, but I wasn't really serious with it. But I had the talent, I'd say my talent that was just being natural athletic up that way, you know, like was able to produce. It was, I really say a game that gave me like the thought that I could do something with it was like we were playing in Finland, Ohio, and I had fouled out. And the team was celebrating because like I was an impactful player that I was like, I was impacting the game. So like physically I was upset, but mentally I'm questioning things, you know, like that's what it is, whoop, whoop, you know. And then come eighth grade in middle school, I had got into some unforeseen circumstances that had happened in school where then, like, it kind of messed me up on playing that year. And I was like, dang, sitting out, not doing nothing, really not helping my family, you know. I was, like, going down the wrong path at the time. But, like, came back home and got more serious with it because, like, up north, I had did more so – I say devilment, you know what I'm saying? Things in that nature, more negative things up in that way. So when I got back home and seeing there was a lot of negativity, things around, I wasn't easily influenced. I'm not easily influenced on bad things. So like once I made my mind up on like, I take this serious, I actually had asked Colt McCormick to rehab trials actually, you know, and I think he had already had his team. I had came to him one time in an open period, like trying to get on the team, you know, trying to do a little something. And then I think like a couple of days or a week later, he was like, he was going to redo the ninth grade team. And then I made it. And then I just started taking it more serious. So like we had a good ninth grade squad, you know what I'm saying? And like, and then they carried on like 10th grade. And then it was me and John. We were like some of the one that kind of advanced over and like pretty fast. And then like the whole 2017 just was more talented. And I just had like the work ethic. Like they worked with their talent, but it was like more so my talent was my work ethic. So, like, I took that more serious, even, like, off the court. So that's where, like, Coach Bright get it, where I take it real serious because I handle my business off the court as well on the court. Absolutely. So you brought up 2017. So you were a two-time state champion in high school, correct? Correct. And that was the first in Laurel history for men's basketball? Yes. And, like, the region and, like, the whole area to go back to back. Yeah. Beach. Yeah. So that was a big, big achievement. Um, yes. So Finishing up high school now, you didn't you you were uh, excelled on the court, but you know let's not forget about the classroom. Tell me about your classroom achievements. Yeah, I finished uh, high school with a four point Yeah, high school. Yeah, I came in. I think I had a uh, eighteen or nineteen on the ACT, I believe. Yeah, I did. I did good in school. You know what I'm saying? I did well through that system. I really did. Uh, you know, I handled that bid and then end up earning a full scholarship to go to Alcorn State. Really, that was going to take care of that. But we so on an athletic scholarship. And then all uh, that played a part. I mean, I got to into the Hall of Fame with law, you know. You know, so like, <laughs> I handled my business, you know, in school. Because, like, you know, you had to be able to play ball. You had to do your work. 
So like that was one thing I made, I probably made sure I made a priority and I prioritized real well, you know, to go back to, I kind of naturally have the instinct of not wasting my time, put my energy into the right places. So like that kind of, that would really help out a lot as well. You know, to stay focused on the court because I had my schoolwork first and then I spend whatever time I need on the court. And that's awesome. So 4.0 student coming out of Laurel, headed to Alcorn State. Um, correct. You played right away, correct? Yes, I did. I got some time. I ain't going to say I came in and started. I had to work my way up on that. But, yeah, I came in and started, started playing more towards the end of the season of my freshman year. And that's when I was really starting to make my mark and start earning my respect in the league because we had to towards the end of the year. The schedule get a little tough against the top teams in the league. We made a loss, but each team felt me, you know what I mean? Like, they know, they knew I was coming. So, like, there wasn't nothing they could do about it. So, like, kind of started earning my respect in that way. Then my head coach and the coach staff started to recognize it well. And then my work ethic just was speaking for itself. How many times I just was in the gym, and whatnot, days in, early morning, late nights, midday, whatever time I need. However, I felt I need to get in the gym, and then I had to learn how to time management because sometimes I get in the gym and overwork myself and be able to produce. So, like, learning that on my own was just really tough. Then holding myself accountable, learning accountability throughout that really what got me through the whole four years of college, you know. So what was your biggest adjustment going from the high school game to the college game as far as basketball? Playing the game with my mind. Like playing with, like learning that it was a mind game, like really more so it was mental than physical on the next level. But, you know, like you got to be ready physically, like that 20% physical, you know, like you got to have that, but really like 80% mental to like you ain't got to be that fast to really dominate the game. As long as you got a good IQ of the game, you know the game, have a good rhythm and feel. So that will really help me out, like learning the feel of the game, learning the rhythm, timing. You know what I'm saying? Knowing when to go, knowing when to slow down, you know, getting teammates involved and knowing the pace of That's why I say that was a big adjustment for me. Got you. So playing at a historically black college and university, what was that experience like for you? It was a great experience being around home, like being around more people of your hue. So it was like doing that with all of us. And it was just like a big high school, actually, at all point. But family vibes, you know, great people, you know what I'm saying? You see all types of things out there. Ain't no telling them. It's going to be consistent. You're going to see it numerous times, so you ain't really missing nothing. But you were really like, the option for me was in that being in that nature was have fun for four years and work the rest of my life or really work for four and then be able to really have fun for my life, you know? Absolutely. So taking that, taking that approach, at that college and still having fun because of the vibe, you know what I'm saying, because of the culture, you know, it was fun. I never regret it. I continue to go. If I was to do my extra year, I would have did it at HBCU more than like. You know, you progress each year, right? And then lead into your senior season, preseason all SWAC team. And you lived right. up to those expectations. Did you feel extra pressure being uh, selected preseason all SWAC? Um, did you feel any extra pressure or was that nothing to you after all you come through? Not to be honest, my guy, that's a good question, but nah, not for me, it wasn't no pressure at all because the proof was in the pudding with me. Like the guys seen how I work, like 
if, if you was at Alcorn, you knew where I was. Like, it was two places you could find me. Like, you know, I was either in the gym while I was in the room, you know? I'm working out. You know? so, like, I was going to accomplish everything, but some injuries, you know, came about for me, really slowed me down. So, like, you know what I'm saying? It was a little setback, so I'm really coming through now. I came in, I knew I was going to, once a man, the head coach got on the same page of what we needed out of me, it was up. Like, he had that. He could guarantee that every day. Like I was saying before, like, I learned self-accountability, you know? Like, hold myself accountable on, on everything that I do. So, um, with what the swag had out for me and what their expectations for me, that was an easy beat for me because, like, once I've been in this league so long, it's like, and like I was saying, like, once I learned the game was a mind game, I'm playing the game with the coaches now. Like, my work yet is speaking for myself on the court, but my mind is like, I know the coaches got a game playing against me. Now, how can I counter this with these players? Like, I'm not studying the players in front of me, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever guard me, that's cone or a chair for me because I, like, I work so much that, like, you're not going to bother me at all. So it's like, come so with the mad game. How can I counter these defensive schemes that they let me? What's the adjustment I need to make this week or whatnot? You know what I'm saying? Do I need to work on my mid-range more? Or do I need to shoot the uh, so it was more so that way, like learning the game, being on the court, and you no know, expectations. As far as like what Coach Price was had made a remark, something like just the professional mindset that I have. So, so like I, I was that was gonna be an easy beat until I had that medium meniscus tear. So that's what slowed me down from not getting sweat player of the year or in my team or carrying my team how I could have carried my team. So you mentioned uh, knee injury, right? But yes, at the sir. same time, your senior year, you led your team in minutes, right? Yes, you led sir. led your team in field goals made, free throws made, free throw percentage, points, points per game, defensive rebounds, and rebounds per game, right? Correct. <laughs> and you did that on a hampered knee for a good part of the season. Yeah, I did it really on the road ankle. And a bad ankle. Yeah, so I you did. rolled your ankle right around Christmas, right? Correct, against Liberty. And I finished that game with 24 and 5. So it was just the queen bird dogging me, like, just being from there and playing street ball so much, been on that pavement. But just, like, I got to keep going. All I know to keep going is I got people to feed, I got family to feed. What's your goal in mind than the, the pain that you were feeling in the moment? Correct. For yeah. real. Yeah. So now, college graduate, are you the first person to graduate in your family? Yeah. Never yeah, really thought about it, huh? Never really just put thought into I really am first to do a lot of things that I haven't just sat down and think about and acknowledge for self. But one of those, I believe, like, yes, sir. Like, out of my family home, from my brothers and sisters and siblings, yeah. I said, I know I got a cousin that graduated college, but, like, brothers and sisters, yeah. Right. So you graduating college will open a door for many people that you don't even think about. You know, people look up and say, Tremaine did it. He came out of Queensburg. He graduated college in four years. You know, right. so you're blazing a path, blazing a trail for others to follow. Correct. I say, yes, sir. I, I consider that. Yes, sir. All right, man. So college graduate, like you said, you were discussing whether or not you stay another year in college. But, you know, you've been getting some. Um, interest from international teams, right? So what's your next move? 
my next move right now, I, I actually signed with an agent with um, Pete McHale, who was a great guy that made his name known internationally. McHale this player. I actually met him at an international combine that I got invited to um, last month, actually with me, early in the month, I believe. So, no, last month, if I'm not mistaken, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went out there, like, not as I wanted to be, but good enough to hold my own, you know, and see to really make a name for myself, you know. But I made good enough to be selected one of the top 15 players of that camp. And I was honored enough to be able to sign with the guy that founded, well, which was Pete McHale. I actually signed with his group. I found him, I trust him, like, you know, due to his resume, off the things he do. And then I had a good conversation. So right now I'm with him, finna get ready to go to Miami. Um, beginning of August to start training, start training that way to get more film and footage to get myself more out there so I can give me a job, you know, on a good league and getting a good league. And that's why I really got faith in him, man, because he's more of a quality guy himself. So, like, with him doing his due diligence over there and reaching out to teams for him, reaching out to countries to get me in a good league so that, like, I can shoot out for a great rookie year, you know, make a great debut and my career can take off because, you know, I'm real adamant about it. I got the Mississippi grit. I'm ready to get to it, you know, knowing that I, like, I'm just ready, ready to take off. And he knows that. So, like, whatever country get me in, I got good faith that they're going to treat me well, you know, and I'm going to take off and, like, never forget where I come from. I know a lot of people counting on me. A lot of people got faith in me to, to really do some big things and make changes, you know. So, I got it for self as well, you know, and do it for my mom. I know she wants to die on my spirit living through me and, like, my spiritual going to gravitate me towards great things and, so right now, whatever country I might end up in, I can't say right now, but I'm pretty sure he's working on things for me, you know. So I think you're ready to go to Miami and train, and after that, we should know more. So, you know, growing up in Queensburg, Mississippi, right, Laurel, Mississippi, to be able to play basketball, the game of basketball that you fell in love with as a kid, to right. take you internationally, not to another city in the U.S., how does that feel? Man, it actually feel great, honestly, because I'll be able to take my brothers from out the hood that I grew up, my mother brothers, to show them different things because, like, like as of today, I'm still in the hood now. Like we, we all in the same spot still. But for me to be able to have this opportunity, I'm really thankful that the good Lord put me in a position to be able to uplift and bring others with me because I know once I get over there, I'll be able to – I'll be living over there. So now I'm able to – help them out so they can see different living because seeing the same thing over and over is like mentally draining like you like lose hope in self and I ain't really no self-motivation into it real slow so if I can get my brothers into a more competitive vibe of the right things and more positivity it's just gonna be overwhelming actually so it's like it'd be real good though that I feel good my own self, but I'm really thankful that I'm able to do it and then let others see it as well, not just me, my brothers and my sisters be able to see different life as well outside of America. Absolutely, man. You're a game changer. Absolutely Great. game changer. So on timeout with the sports doctor, this is your final timeout, right? So <laughs> you know, fourth quarter, down by two. You got 15 <laughs> seconds left, right? Uh -huh. You got your team in the huddle. What's the message to your team? Nah, uh, I'm finna get the right play and I'm gonna get it. Like, I'm finna win. Really, just get it to me, honestly. 
certain players I had to tell to do certain things. Like I tell him, like, make sure you set a real solid screen because, like, I'm going to set them up because I'm knowing I got a good point guard. They're going to get it to them, so it really be more so on the screen. And I tell them, boy, like, all or nothing. Like, here it is. Like, you got 15 seconds left. It's the game. It would have deal. Like, we can't mess up. Like, you got to pay attention to the detail, to the smallest thing because the devil's in the detail. So we got to make sure we ready, like, focus, locked in once we come out this huddle. You know, then I'll be like, all or nothing, team on three. And, like, we'll break. So go out here and execute the play to perfection, whatever the coach called up, you know. So that's what I tell them. Absolutely. In a moment like that, what do you go to in your mind as far as focus? Repetition. Silent. Same thing. Been here before. Been shot in a row. All net. That's what I'm thinking to myself. I'm bending on myself. Actually, 20 no room. I'm calling it out. <laughs> 20 no room. And like, I hit, I hit. I don't, I don't. More than likely, I'm finna hit, though, because I done shot it so many times. So it was just another, going to be another shot for me. I love that. I love it. All right, man. So one last thing so for somebody who's looking at you say, man, Tremaine, he's a college graduate now. He's looking to play professional basketball. How do I get to where you are? What would, what would be your advice to a young kid trying to follow in your footsteps? I say gain the skill of listening and don't be afraid to say no. I tell them that for sure. Like, learn how to listen and ask the right question and you'll get your answers to a lot of things and believe in yourself. Stay self-motivated, you know, control yourself. Learn like to be how, learn to compartmentalize your feelings, you know, your emotions, get that under contact and mentally take care of your mental. That's highly important. I say, I say taking care of your mental, mental fitness, like that's gonna be coming real soon. Actually, like my brand, mental fitness, not to get off track, but like mental fitness where like I'll be working out, but we're working the body, but we also training your mind as well. That me and Pettis got going, it's gonna be coming near here in law real soon once I get everything acclimated on uh, international basketball. But if I'm talking to a youngster, I'm telling them like once they gain knowledge, understand them and wisdom. And they'll be able to fulfill a lot of things in their life and, and be able to um, reach the success and it comes to the dream that they want to, you know, give them those few pointers. And then I tell them they spend a lot of and I say I get them to come around again. You know, I remind them like certain things like that. Then I tell them, like, don't get complacent. You can find yourself growing and doing this and that. And you find yourself complacent. Now you can sit back. Now you start to backtrack, not even knowing. So like, I form form certain youth groups like that, you know, and some guys my age that know that know better, you know what I mean? Like, they grew up with me. So, like, come on now, we really got the same perspective. We grew up in the same neighborhood, so there's no excuse for you. You just chose, I chose a different path, you know what I mean? Made a different decision, honestly. Just made a different decision. That's what separated me a lot from guys, you know. So, you know, I had the ability to run into your grandmother today. And yeah. I told her, I said, you know, I'm going to interview Tremaine today. I said, give me something. And she said, that boy is different. <laughs> always been different. And that's the real deal, you know, and it shows in everything you do. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm proud of you, man. And you're going to, like you said, you're going to change your family. You're going to change the outlook for a lot of people growing right. up in Queensburg, growing up in Mississippi, coming out of a, a small, historically black college and university to be able to do the things that you're going to do. I really appreciate that, Doc. Really, I'm grateful to have you to meet you at 
coming out of high school as well. You play a big role that you don't even know. And having this put me on this podcast really means a lot to me. It's like it's an understatement. I really don't even know how to express the feeling to you outside of smiling and telling you thank you, man. Thank you. I really hey. appreciate everything man, you, you have. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Yeah. I see things in you that you might not see in yourself just yet. But you, yes, you, got, a, you got a line on the inside. <laughs> I got it tatted on me as well, you know. <laughs> right, right. I, so tell me more about this mental fitness. Mental fitness was a group that I LLC during the first pandemic. Once I really was more, learning more about my history, learning more about things that I was finding the passion in. And really, like, once the ball actually stopped bouncing at that time, and once it came to a halt, it made me think, like, okay, like, what you really like to do. And then I find myself like to be in shape, like to work out, like to get other, help other people out with their bodies, you know what I'm saying, to help them reach to their, reach to their goal. And then like, I find myself like asking myself, like, how did you get your body the way it is? How did you become fit? And then answer to it, like mentally, like I locked in, like I made my mind up mentally that like this is how I want it, like this is what I've got to do. So every day I wake up, I'm like, make my mind up like okay i'm playing my day i like this i'm gonna do this and then my mentor installed in me like um two powerful things like a made up mind and a person who have nothing to lose and lord willing it was crazy to say that i'm both that i could say that's where i'm different at because i'm both of those so i have both of those traits built installed inside of me so like the mental fitness came with us mentally getting people right not only like our workouts gonna be tough but like the conditioner is really just gonna be mentally draining. So like we'll be pushing you through like say like doing a push up on the track in the sun. So the sun is messing with you mentally, but it's the same 10 push ups you'll do. You was at home for the grid to go to bed. You finna wake up and start your day out, do you like 10 push ups and same 10 push ups? It's just that we added the sun in a hot track. So now mm-hmm. it's you know, so no, not mentally challenging you as well as it's physically challenging you. That's how I plan to utilize my degree in sport management on operating my own facility and whatnot and that was nature. So like now I just got to build my capital and get ready to start funding and investing into that. So like that's what it really came about. And me and Pettis, he changed my, he gave me a different mentality. So, you know, like grinding with him, going through tough workouts, breaking, like, like just built something, just made me different from the ground up, you know, and like I gained that, that skill set of listening throughout him under his wing, you know, and that's why I really came from about with my serenity and poverty and mental fitness, you know, so like that's where they're going to come from, you know, so ready to make that really big, like big, like 24-7 fitness, crunch fitness, LA fitness, like dope, like that's the long-term effect of it, but right now I got to focus on that, like I was telling you, can't think of first tomorrow. First first, right? Yeah. Oh, for it. Brick, brick by brick, you know, layer by layer, one step yeah. at a time. So tell me about serenity and poverty. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's me growing up in Queensburg, facing all those tough things, you know, like so many things being thrown at you as a young kid growing up in the hood, growing up without like parents to like growing up with no idol, growing up with no role model, you know, like I don't look up to no one. Like I might be inspired by I'm inspired by my peers' actions, you know, like, okay, you did this, this was the outcome of, okay, so if I do it, it's going to be the same outcome, okay, if I follow your track to the medical field, staying consistent, 
staying consistent with it, being efficient on my reading, on my work. I can end up in Dr. Bird's position, but I, 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 that's not, I don't want to do that on my outcome. So like, I, I don't gonna do that. I'm gonna focus more right here. So like, you know what I'm saying? Picking parts from my peers of everyday living that I see, you know, because I don't have no, I don't have no role model. So like, I let my peers and my surroundings inspire me to align with my path to let me become more whole and find myself, you know? So like with that being said, to be able to look at someone else's lifestyle, look at someone else's way of living and their decision-making, I had to calm my mind down. So that's where the serenity part come from, you know? So like staying calm and really ask myself those tough questions, having tough conversation with people, accepting being told no, you know, like just two letters to me, like being told, oh, that's nothing, okay? No is no, you know? So it's not like it's the end of the world, just somebody didn't accept what you was offering. So just keep moving, you're still living, you're still growing, and there's plenty more opportunity that'll come about. That's just one person out of a billion in this world. And then uh, in poverty came about by staying in six and eight, not seeing much, not seeing the nice life, slow moving, like, being in Queenbridge, she's signing stuff every day, one way in, one way out. And then I'm at the court two, three in the morning with my boys, with my mud brothers, and like, it's nothing, man. You don't wanna grow up that way, not having no role model, not having seen something. So like me being inspired by some of the bad decisions that we all made challenged me to continue to grow the right way. Being a leader for my peers and being that different, like been not being the same as what was going on, just really being different in all calibers and I like just have my own style. Like, you know what I'm saying? They got their style of doing things and I created my own style of doing things. So like truth be told with that mindset and having that serenity in me, that's what I created for self. I'm finding myself and knowing who I was and like that's the mission statement that I have to give to the other kids that's looking up towards me or that feel like, hey, how you doing? Serenity and poverty. So, like, yeah, I ask me where they come from. I go in depth as in, like, you got to have a calm mind. You mentally got to take care of yourself. Because, like, being in school, being trying to get things done without transportation, it gets tough. Like, growing up with my mom, with my ear mother, you have to do a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? You had to get outside your comfort zone a lot. So, I grew the mind to just come uncomfortably comfortable, you know? So, like, the serenity and poverty really derived from growing up in Queenborough and seeing so many fast money, slow money, all this and that, you know what I'm saying? Seeing the guys that had opportunity and they passed to go to college and play ball, what they doing now, you know what I'm saying? Just being influenced by my peers, being influenced by the neighborhood, guys that's been there forever, guys that's really good on the court street ball that could really did something with them, you know what I'm saying? Having a good conversation with them, you know, because a lot of them, it's a lot of talent down there in the hood, like, that's a lot. Like growing up, you I seen a lot of real hoopers, like some savage hoopers, you know what I'm saying? Guy that get it done on the field, natural athletic, like natural buckets in the court that you find in the hood that like that won't be publicized on TV or like people won't host no three on three tournaments down there to see the local talent in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Which like why I plan to bring down there because like it's a lot of talent, give people something to do. So kids can see that it's fun. I hear not just a game bang that the media always produce that the news always producing like you know what i mean like they just producing like okay he might be a game but he really influence in the hood like he be on the court 
playing ball with the kid. He out there throwing football as well. You know what I'm saying? He gifting the kid, giving him good knowledge. Don't nobody show the media that. So like growing up and seeing that thing that 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 was happening, but it wasn't being like glamorized. So like being able to be in the position to change that with that mission statement, I feel like it getting me a long way. Man, continue to be different. Continue gotcha. to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yes, and sir. the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. That's real. Absolutely. So for somebody who wants to follow your path, how do they keep up with you in social media or, you know, your mental fitness? How do they learn more about that? You can follow me on Instagram, but like I'm really not active on the media, but I'm active. Like I try to impact. I try to build up a little platform. But you really follow me on Instagram, though, like underscore Tormain, T-R-O-Y-M-A-I-N underscore. Um, and then like I you just follow my content, say what you got to say, reach out, share it to me. Like, oh, man talking or giving back to anybody you know like i don't mind help like i'm willing to help to my people like you know what i'm saying to uplift and empower my coaches like that's what i'm willing to do for a lot so like reach out to me whoever may be like don't be afraid to talk or speak whatever you know like i'm, I'm willing to help and see people grow like be a minute be a father to many like i'm willing to do that you know like despite that i'm just 22 with the knowledge that like I'm able to give off, I'm willing to give it off and empower the youth and empower other people, even my age group or even people that's older than me, whoever it may be. Like to speak my truth, I'm willing. So just like reach out to me. Don't be shy. Like just reach out. Like, a lot of people say say like I'm unapproachable or like I may look mean or something like that. But like I just be in my own world, you know, just focused on self, really trying to find ways to grow and be better every day, spiritually, physically, and mentally. Every day I wake up. I do like the three goals, like get and be better than those three sectors and life would be good and peaceful. Absolutely. Well, man, enjoy this next step. You know, I, Miami is going to be beautiful, but I know you're going down there on a business trip. So yes, sir, yes, sir. keep me informed on the next step, man. I will do. I appreciate you having me once again. Doc. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Right. Th hey, thank you for spending your last night in uh, Laurel Women. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later, peace.